Now the play is disrupted. Pops upset. Vassell's going to have to go on his own. Three-pointer. No good. Wimbanyama! It's a one-point game. 6.8 to go. You might want to call a timeout to advance it. Oh, oh Johnson Vassell. takes it from him. Johnson hangs. Yes! And the Spurs have the lead. Quick taste. Let's get it. A wide finish in the desert. Stephen A., what do you make of the Suns blowing a 20-point lead and losing? The win by well, Nielsen and the Spurs last night. It, it, it happens. The Spurs are a young team. Wembenyana has been very galvanizing and exciting. That kid's got skills. He's going to be big time. But also we got to take into account the fact that Kevin Durant is by himself. Both Devin Booker and Bradley Beal has been out. And I got to tell you something about this. I'm a big Bradley Beal fan. But since 2019, he's missed about 105 of the last 312 games. He's missed about 32 games last year. He's only played 90 games in the last two seasons, for crying out loud. And now they're talking about back injuries, and they don't know when he'll be back. I'm starting to get really, really concerned. I need to see this guy on the court. I mean, damn. We've been talking about Phoenix and Ballyhooing about what they're going to do this year. Guess what? This may be who they are if Kevin Durant got to be on the court by his damn self because people can't get healthy. Something's got to give in Phoenix, eventually. Mm. Look who's here, Stephen A. Oh, yeah. I was going to say hi. Well, we'll do a quick take. Hi, Kim. <laughs> What's up? Kimberly everybody? Martin's here, everyone. Uh, <laughs> overnight, after a 3-5 and five start to this season, the Raiders fired coach Josh McDaniels and GM Dave Ziegler. Uh, Kim, what do you oh, – sorry, I'm not supposed to call you Kim. Kimberly, <laughs> do you agree with this move by Vegas? Well, first off, they also fired their OC Mick Lombardi uh, this morning, so that's also somebody else out the door. Um, I, I, we'll miss him a lot. I, Steven. I agree that something needed to change. I'm surprised by the timing, but what this amounts to is two wasted years in Las Vegas. You have your stars, Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs. After that game on Monday night, they were literally up in arms, like, I don't know what to do here. So something had to change. I need Mark Davis to take his time with this decision because he's hired a lot of head coaches in the NFL, and they have not panned out. So another regime change in Las Vegas. All right. Let's get into one of the biggest games in Week 9-2 on the Dolphins take on Mahomes and the Chiefs Sunday morning in Germany. Miami coming off a dominant performance in a win over the Pats, and the Chiefs look to bounce back after putting up a season-low nine points in a loss against the Broncos. Taking a look at how their star offensive players match up in this one, Patrick Mahomes and Tua both ranked top three in passing yards this season and top five in total QBR. Tyreek Hill leads the league with over 1,000 receiving yards, and Travis Kelsey leads all tight ends in that same category. And there she is. Miss America. <laughs> Hi. Great to have you here with us. Thank you. Stephen A's amused. Uh, Stephen A, which offensive duo would you rather have on Sunday? Tua and Tyreek or Mahomes and Kelsey? I'm going to say Tua and Tyreek anytime I'm asked this question for this season because of how electrifying Tyreek Hill has been. Um, this dude can take a pass and he can take it at that, to the house at any moment. You watch him blow by defenders. They're not with, even within five yards of him for crying out loud. He's just electrifying. It's just that simple. And I think that because he's so great, I know how big time Travis Kelsey is. He's one of the greatest tight ends of all time. But I also think you have to take into consideration the fact that there's very little else 
for Patrick Mahomes to rely upon. Now, for some reason, Andy Reid is not running the football and giving it to Isaiah Pacheco as much as he should, as far as I'm concerned. And you're relying on these receivers, the Sky Moors of the world and others who are dropping touchdown passes right in their arm. If it ain't Kadarius Tony one week, it's Sky Moore the next. Juju Smith-Schuster is no longer there. McCole Hartman just got back because the New York Jets didn't want him anymore. Everywhere you turn with the wideouts, you just don't have reliable weapons. It's getting to the point where if Patrick Mahomes ain't throwing the football to Travis Kelsey, he's just going to run with it because he ain't going to trust the damn receivers to catch the ball. Why should I be excited about that when I have the alternative of Tua Tungavaloa, who's leading the league in passing yards, tied for the league in TD, cat, in TD passes, and he's got an electrifying talent like Tyreek Hill, who is a legitimate league MVP candidate, even though no wide receiver has ever won it. A matter of fact, the only wide receiver that's ever gotten a vote was Randy Moss in 1998. But in the end, Tyreek Hill is so great. He's so electrifying. Why would I pick anybody on Kansas City, you know, and from a receiver's perspective, to watch more than him? I'm going to roll with Tua and Tyreek as the, as the duo that I'd rather have. For this weekend. You have to weekend, take the oh. quarterback, Steve. No, I don't. I'm sorry. Uh, you go ahead. No, no. You, who wants, you want me to go? You no, got no, go it. You ahead, have Matt. to go take ahead, the quarterback. Mad, go ahead, Mad Dog. It's okay. Yeah, you have, to, you have to take the quarterback. I mean, I understand Tariq Hill is great. He's got over 1,000 yards. Steve's right. He could be an MVP candidate. No argument there. But Tua is not, an MV, is not a Hall of Famer. All right, not yet. He got a lot to do. He's never won a playoff game. He's been removed from big spots. Bad in Buffalo. Bad in Philadelphia this year. No question about it. Mahomes, he's an all-timer. He's one of the all-time great players at the position. He's going to go down as a top three, top four quarterback in the history of the National Football League. Kelsey's going to the Hall of Fame, too. So is Hill. He's a Hall of Fame receiver, but Kelsey's a Hall of Fame tight end. So if you're doing the difference, you have to take the quarterback with the Hall of Fame tight end. Two is a quarterback, not a Hall of Famer. Mahomes is. So I'm going to take the combination of the back-to-back Hall of Famers on Kansas City. Then I'm going to take, of course, on the back-to-back with Miami. I remember this, too. He's, Hill was with Kansas City, and he left, and they still won a Super Bowl, which tells you how great Mahomes is. Mahomes won a Super Bowl with and without Hill. Would Tua want to be this good without Hill? Absolutely not. So the difference here, I understand Hill's great playmaking ability and his speed. He's a, I get it. He's a cheetah. I understand it. And I'd rather have that kind of player than the big tight end. But you can't compare. It's not even at the same level. Tua and Mahomes. So give me the quarterback tight end for Kansas City. I just love the way you say cheetah. Um, you know, if this game were not in Germany... And if Taylor Swift was in attendance, I'd go with Mahomes and Kelsey because Tay-Tay is good for 10 extra points for the Chiefs. But the game is in Germany. It's not an arrowhead. Um, she will not be there. And Mad Dog, you said it. Tyreek Hill is an MVP candidate. I think that's – he's the difference. I think this is a game where he is circled on his calendar. He's trying to throw the deuces up against his old squad. He told him, you better change all your play calls because I know them all. You can say what you want about Tua versus Mahomes. Nobody is comparing them as players, but you can't undersell what Tua has done this season. Yes, Tyreek Hill is an MVP candidate, but Tua also, in his own right, has put up some MVP-type numbers so far. So I'm going to go with Tyreek and Tua. You know, you, you could just say, I agree with Steven. I mean, there's no crime in that. I just want to state yeah, that Yeah, but where's the, the fun in that? Where's the no, fun no, no. in that? You'd be surprised what it would do for you. 
a lot of people would gravitate to that. She why agrees do you, with Stephen oh, wait, why, why, do you have Stephen to, why do you have to say it in that tone, though? Like, why do you, you have to, like, about? have I feel like people gravitate in, to in me just fine. What's wrong with my tone? What's wrong with my tone? Why don't you agree with that? It's like the, like, sexy voice comes out. Which is not working. Well, first of all, first of all, in my opinion, when I'm not yelling, my voice is always sexy. That's number one. Number two. Molly was just that she just told me a few minutes ago, doggy. She FaceTimed me to quiet down. Don't speak until I'm spoken to. Okay. Then I quiet down and now she's getting on me about that. No, I FaceTimed you to wow. not in the commercial break to tell him to not speak over me. Yeah, well, he does have a tendency of doing that. Wow, I'm glad Molly. you brought that to his, yeah. his attention. I don't know. It's called first take. I understand Steven's yeah. show, but you know, you can let other people talk. Oh, it's not my Steven. show. Oh, it's not my show. This girl FaceTimes me during the day, during the weekend, telling me barking orders at me seven days a week. It's not my show. It's hers. Trust me. But, but isn't me. it always to make the show better, to uh, bring out the best? Because I hear isn't someone. No, I hear it's, it's, it's your interpretation. Excuse me. Excuse me. Did I just get an email um, from Mike Scarca and PR that first takes up for 15 months in a row and it was the highest da-da-da? Because of you. It's because of you. No, it's I'm not saying that. What I'm saying, any of these critiques are only helping us, okay? It's, a, okay. it's all positive. Yeah, whatever. So positive. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's go to break. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hits, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-time chimney sweepers, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it. They won't find a satellite dish, but you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com to sign up today. Claim based on the total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Thanks so much for listening to the First Take Pod. Have a fabulous day. Hey, hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. The NFL schedule drops this week, and you can be there to catch all the action live and in person with vivid seats. Experience every touchdown, every tackle, every eye-popping play of your favorite team. And to kick it off, Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN, is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code TAKE. That's code TAKE. Download the app or visit vividseats.com today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Thanks so much for listening to the pod. To the pros, we got a huge AFC showdown between the Bills and Bengals. The last time these two faced off, Cincinnati defeated Buffalo 27-10 in last season's divisional round. The only previous meeting between Joe Burrow and Josh Allen. The Bills coming off a huge Thursday night win over the Bucks. Meanwhile, on Cincinnati's side, since week five, the Bengals have gone 3-0 and are averaging 27.3 points per game since, which is third in the NFL over that span. Huge improvement compared to starting the season 1-3 and averaging 12 12.3 points per game, which was second worst in the NFL weeks one through four. Okay. Uh, S.A., tell me this. With the Bengals turning their season around, are they the most dangerous team in the AFC? I believe so. 
Uh, listen, they started off slow, like they always do, uh, since Joe Burrow has arrived there. What they do in September and October is nothing compared to what they do in November and December, and to some degree in January. They were in the Super Bowl, after all. They were in the AFC Championship game. By the way, those were the last two years, respectively. This is the team that has been nip and tuck with the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, okay? And that's how I look at them. And by the way, they've got a victory over Patrick Mahomes to get to the Super Bowl. They've got a victory over Joe, Josh Allen uh, to get to the AFC Championship game. So I'm looking at the Cincinnati Bengals led by Joe Burrow when healthy, having Jamar Chase, having T. Higgins, having Tyler Boyd, having Joe Mixon, having an offense, uh, you know, with the head coach Zach Till has done a good job, a defense that's vastly improved compared to years ago, a, a situation where they're protecting the quarterback, not in elite fashion, but certainly considerably better than they once did. You take all of those things into consideration along with their recent success. Tell me who deserves or uh, who's, who you shouldn't be, who or who you should be scared of more. Doggy just brought up the, the Dolphins, and he he was lamenting how they haven't proven anything yet. We know that the Chiefs are what they are, so we're not talking about them. Trevor Lawrence just won a playoff game coming back against Brandon Staley and the Chargers. By the way, Brandon Staley should have been another coach that's going, not just Josh Josh McDaniel. Then you got Buffalo that's been up and down. We got the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. We're still waiting for them to prove that he can win more than one playoff game in his career. Joe Burrow has already done it. So has Chase Boyd, Higgins, Mixon, and the crew. The Cincinnati Bengals are the team, the most dangerous team in the AFC, especially now that Kansas City's got trouble with their wideouts. Steven, 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 Steven. You know who always seems to beat the Bengals in the regular season? The Cleveland Browns. Kevin Stefanski. I'm not saying that the Bengals are not turning the corner that Joe Burrow is not back. But when you talk to me about the most dangerous team in the AFC, right now it's not the Bengals. It is the Baltimore Ravens. You want to know why? Lamar Jackson, that's why. The exceptional coaching job of John Harbaugh, that's why. I don't know, I heard on this same network, I don't know if it was yesterday perhaps, a defense filled with rough riders. We know who they are. They've shown us who they are. So when you say, well, we still got to wait and see if Lamar Jackson can win more than one playoff game. You can say that about a, a lot of the quarterbacks. Like, everybody's hot. We think the Bills can win a Super Bowl, but we've also seen the Bills fall short. But you still have faith in the squad, right? But we've seen this Ravens team not only improve their roster, but what they've done thus far at 6-2. and two, And they still have – we have seen them put together tremendous games thus far. And when you look at this season, it's not that the Beng it's not that I'm trying to say that the Bengals aren't a good squad, but for them to be the most dangerous, what do you think is going to happen to the Ravens? Are the Ravens going to fall off all of a sudden? Lamar Jackson, who is playing at an MVP level right now, he should get consideration for it. Are we saying that the Ravens are suddenly going to stop winning games? Yeah, the Bur Burrow, he has turned the corner. He looks like himself, but. Just because the Bengals seem to be back doesn't mean that the Baltimore Ravens have gone anywhere. Yeah, I happen to agree with Kimberly a thousand percent. If you think about all the teams this year that have played, the Ravens and the Bengals, the most impressive performance that I've seen this year, Stevie, you would agree, was the game against Detroit. When they absolutely destroyed Detroit, Lamar played great. The defense played great. 28 nothing before the Lions got a first down. And unless you're going to come tell me now that the Lions aren't that good, 
that their 6-2 and two record is, you know, a little misleading. Well, then I'm also going to say, well, hold on now. Cincinnati beat San Francisco's, lost three in a row, who lost to Cleveland and Minnesota. A guy, by the way, that you can't stand, Cousins. I know he's hurt now, so I shouldn't even bring it up. But you're not that crazy about Cousins, and Cousins beat them two weeks ago on the Monday night game. So from that standpoint, I'm not exactly sure what this Cincinnati win means in, 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 uh, in Levi Strauss Stadium. Throw in the fact that the week before, Cincinnati should have lost to Seattle. Seattle had three or four scenarios late in the game inside the Cincinnati 20-yard uh, line, and Geno should have put the ball in the end zone. They should have scored a touchdown, and they would have won the game. Baltimore's also got a better record. Baltimore also won at Cincinnati, and I understand that Burroughs won playoff games, and I trust him more than Lamar because of his postseason. I understand that, and he wasn't healthy the first time. I think top to bottom right now, I think the most dangerous team in the AFC has to be the Ravens. They got a better mm -hmm. record. They got an mm -hmm. excellent defense, and, of mm -hmm. course, they were the most impressive against the Lions. So I'll say oh, Baltimore. Lord. Both of y'all, which y'all takes, are boring the living hell out of me. Let me tell you why. The Baltimore Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2012. How many playoff games have they won since, Doggy? You're the historian. I want to take won. a guess? One. Two. One. Two playoff one. wins. Two oh, playoff two. wins in a decade. Two playoff wins in a decade. That's number one. Number two, did you know how many playoff victories that the Cincinnati Bengals had to win in order to get to the Super Bowl? That would be three. Two Great. years ago, when they beat the Raiders and they beat Tennessee and they beat Kansas City. They won two playoff games last year. By the way, Kimberly, who did they beat in the playoffs last year? The Cincinnati Bengals? They beat, the they, they beat Baltimore. They beat Baltimore. They beat Baltimore and then they beat Buffalo. And so what I'm saying is I'm listening to two people who know their football, who know their history, and I just gave you history. I just gave you a decade and you got two playoff victories if you're Jim Har if John Harbaugh, who I love and respect. But damn it, two playoff victories in 10 years or two. That's Dak Prescott. <laughs> oh, see. That's what it is. We that's almost it got is. there. That's we almost got there without just, mentioning Dak. He had nothing truth. to do it's with it's this. It's just the truth. It's just the truth, okay? So you got that going on, right? And then not only am I giving you the fact that they only got two playoff victories in terms of your Baltimore Ravens, I'm going to Cincinnati. And I'm saying, we're looking at a guy, Joe Burrow, during the three-game winning streak, 78% completions, seven touchdowns, two interceptions, and NFL high, the NFL's highest passer rating since week five. This is who we're talking about. Burrow with Chase and Higgins and Boyd and Mixon, who, pause, by the way, pause, have been a pause, Final Four team pause, in the last pause. two years. Hold on, pause. pause. You pause respectfully for one second. They are a top four team. They are See, one of the listening. final four teams the last two years. Two years. We're waiting for everybody else except Kansas City. They're there. And y'all are telling me that it's Baltimore. Stop Steven, it. Just Steven, stop it. Steven, first of all, you're not schooling me on anything because the person who was actually covering the Bengals the last two years in the playoffs was me. So I've seen oh, them Oh, I don't think I'm schooling personal. you at all. Number one. I think you left it out on one. purpose. I think Number you left it out on purpose. No, my only – I think the Bengals are a good team. My question is, okay, so the Bengals are playing better finally. Are the, do we expect the Baltimore Ravens to stop playing football properly just because the Bengals are, are good again? No, Who has no, shown that no. they come and after November thing, after you October? Who shows up? You mentioned up? history. You mentioned history. Have the – what does Joe Burrow have? 
He had all those wide receivers. We finally have a year where the Baltimore Ravens invested in that wide receiver room and got Lamar some other weapons. They got Roquan Smith. They improved this defense. We see this defense week in and week out. You said it on your own show. Rough riders on this deal all over the place. I love okay, the defense. Lamar Jackson, we see how good he's playing. And now, a day later, you want to act like, oh, well, I got I to gotta wait and see what's going on in Baltimore. I don't know. They haven't really shown me anything. Like, come no, on now. What I'm, no, no. What I'm saying is this nice twist that you tried to do with the narrative there. The question is <sighs> about the most dangerous team. I'm not throwing shade on Baltimore. I'm simply saying let's not throw shade on Cincy. They are 19-7. and seven. In, my, in November and December with Joe Burrow. They, they went to the Super Bowl two years ago. They went to the NFC Championship game last year, which they could have won. We're waiting to see what Baltimore does. We have seen them do it over the last two years. How are we going? And not only that, they've always started off slow, and they come on strong. They started off slow this year. What have they done? Relax. All of a sudden, they went three straight. They right back in the mix of things. It's what they have done in the Joe Burrow era. That's what I'm saying. I'm not throwing no shade on Baltimore. I'm just saying Joe Burrow is something special. And now that he says Mad he's dog. healthy, now Mad that dog. he says he's healthy, let's help see. Help me, please. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to help you because he's speaking out of both sides of his mouth they, again. Because no. I see him year after year, show after show, and he's waxing poetic on Lamar on Lamar Jackson. That's all he ever does. Lamar's an MVP candidate. Lamar's better than Cousins. He is. Lamar's a top five quarterback in the league. And so what does he tell me now? They got one playoff win in 15 years. So what is it? Is it the fact that Lamar is that great, that he's, oh, it's only a matter of time that he's going to win postseason games? Or is it the fact that under Lamar, they can't win playoff games? Answer that question. Do you want me to answer the question? I did answer the question. Yes. Don't be yelling at me. Talk about I didn't answer the question. I did answer the damn question. You just right, don't like the answer. The question is about the most dangerous team. All I said was Cincinnati. When y'all brought up Baltimore, I brought up a case that can be made in favor of Cincinnati over Baltimore. That does not mean I'm disrespecting Baltimore. Bengals are favored by one and a half. And Stephen A., I'm so proud of your listening skills. The way you said pause, respectfully. Respectfully. Stephen A., you're the best. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. 
And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. It's time for our favorite segment of the week. Christopher Maddo Russo and his new hairstyle is going to tell us what he's mad about. You got this, Maddo? And this will be... Baby, you got it. This, nice to see you, Molly. Molly, you look like you look like a princess today, Molly, with the hair. I want to make sure I said oh, that to you. Um, man, no, so this is going to be tricky. Night? Let's see if I can pull this off. Like I can't be half asleep like the guy in the West Coast. Marcus is there. I got to pull this off sitting you down. Got this. James Dunn sent me to the moon to do this program today. Amazing up. So let me see how I can get this. How about that, old Sweeney, for crying out loud? Did anybody hear his little coaches show? I doubt you did. In Greenville, South Carolina this week, when he took offense to a couple of calls? Take it easy, Dabo. Listen up. The appreciation, the expectation is greater than the appreciation, and that's the problem. And it's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking, all these narratives you read, listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want, and you can apply for the job. And good luck to you. I started as the lowest paid coach in this freaking business. All right? And I'm where I am because I've worked my ass off. And I ain't going to let some smart-ass kid get on this phone and create this stuff. Take it easy! Jeez, I worked hard. So we all have worked hard. Even Stevie's worked hard. The Swagoo's worked hard. I was in Jacksonville, Florida doing talk radio. When you sit there and you do these coaches show and get paid a fortune and you're four and four, you lose to NC State, you lose to Miami, you lose to Duke, you lose to all these teams, and you're going to take phone calls from Tyler and Spartanburg, and then you get upset when they say, what have you done for me lately? You can't go back to resume building. Don't do the shows if you're so worried and you're so upset at how the callers are going to react. Look at me. I've been doing talk radio for 40 years. I never get defensive. I never get upset. And I did a show in the center field bleachers the last two days with those Diamondbacks fans killing me. I said nothing. I dealt with it like a professional. And Dabo was not a professional on Monday night after a terrible loss. Dabo, you going to come in there cranky? We don't want to hear it. Don't do a show. Number one. No. First of all, you're not going to lie to the American public by telling them you never get sensitive or cranky. That is a lie. A flat-out lie. Cra- he's That's not cranky. He gets Molly, sensitive, but not Molly cranky. Would all, Molly, with all due respect, you haven't been listening cranky. to him for over for almost 40 yeah. years. I have. I've been listening. I'm telling you, he's had moments. Okay, that's number one. Number two, I will say this real quickly. I don't blame Dabo. All I'm saying to Dabo is he's got to look at himself, too. Got to be more receptive to modern times, the transfer portal, NIL. You might, you know, you got to, you're struggling because you're not embracing it to the degree your contemporaries are. That's on Dabo, Swaggy. I 100% agree. 
Man, dog, I like your rent. You know when you got somebody when they got to go back through their history. That's when you know you got somebody. That kid got under his skin in a major way. And he wanted, he went all the way back to how hard he's worked. Nobody has ever said that Bo hadn't worked hard. We And nobody has ever said he hadn't won, been one of the best college coaches in the recent years. But kid got right, under right. his skin, man. Mad Dog, what you got number two? number two? Number two, Dennis Duggan. Let's go. Uh, number two. All right. How about, and Steve hit on this. I mean, what is the NFL doing? They're going to make me wake up at the crack of dawn to watch Chiefs and Dolphins in Frankfurt, Germany. I, I am so tired of this international series anyway. And I was in Munich when they announced the schedule. Nobody was doing handstands because the Chiefs and the Dolphins are coming to Germany to play an extra <laughs> football game at 930 in the morning on a Sunday. And not only that, they got too many mouths to feed. Did you see the CBS schedule this week for NFL Week 8? If you're Sean McManus, the great president of CBS, you would have called Goodell when the schedule came out and said, what are you doing to me? Iron Eagle is doing the number two guy. is doing Houston and Tampa and Holland, the voice of the NBA for TNT. You know what game he's got? He's the number three announcer. He's got Colts and Panthers. He might as well not even show up. Nobody wants to watch that. They have Buffalo, Cincinnati on Sunday night. They got Miami and Kansas City on Sunday morning. They got the Chargers and the Jets on Monday night with Buck and Aikman. So you got six AFC teams playing in the primetime windows that give CBS garbage on Sunday morning. And top that, I go to church on Sunday. I take Molly Musso out the brunch with Roger Sherman. I can't watch that dopey game. I don't want to. But Roger put me in a tough spot. I got to pray to my God. I can't be praying to Mahomes and Dua. That is number two. <laughs> I got to pray to my What's God. What's so funny? I can't be praying to Mahomes and two. Oh, Can I get some hey, in? Hey, Molly. Hey, Molly. He eating gum. He's eating gummies on Saturday. Ain't <laughs> 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 going to church on Sunday. <laughs> are, you going, are, you going to, are you going to church with a hangover, doggy? Is that what you're doing? Are you doing that? I'm just wondering. No, come on, you guys. He has a point. Listen, I, I don't agree with you. I like, go to repent, Steve. I like that the NFL is becoming more international, you know, following suit with the NBA and getting more international. But the 9.30 a.m. kick, I mean, it's brutal for a game of this magnitude. Let me magnitude. tell you something, man. Them people don't care about how y'all feel. Them people trying exactly. to, them people trying to and, globalize and not only the, that, the game. And not only that, Swaggoo, now, I, seriously, no joke, I know pastors who have evolved their sermons around NFL schedule. We gonna get out of here. We, I'm gonna I'm get y'all in and out of here so y'all can be all come, watch the come game. Come six o'clock this. Come six o'clock this particular Sunday. <laughs> Saturday night service. I'm telling you. I go to Saturday service. Yeah, well, Saturday morning. There you go, oh, hey, you go man. Dog, go to church Saturday. Not the same Why are you rolling your eyes, Stephen? A? It's not the same. Keep your eyes settled. It's not the <laughs> no, same. It's not the same. <laughs> What's not the same? Let's go to number three. Let's go Saturday to number three. service. Why? Number, number three. three. Number Sunday three. Lord's this day. is a this is a disgrace. I haven't seen a stranger combination than Brandon Duval, the godfather is in concierge in the Godfather one. How about the idea that I got this guy to my left playing games with Howard Stern, making sure that I'm reprimanded properly with the Diamondbacks with the prediction last week when they got beat by the Phillies. Did you know that Molly and Marcus, did you know, unbeknownst to me, you know that Stephen A, picked up the phone and called Howard privately 
to make sure that Chris Russo wow. didn't have to walk down Fifth Avenue in a bikini? He called them privately. He never heard of Stern before he had to sell that book of his. And now he's going down. Look at the phone. Howard, this is Stephen A. He's got Howard. Howard is told to reach to the president. And Stephen A's got his private line to say, Howard, hi, Stevie here. Let's discuss Russo. I mean, that is a disgrace. That's embarrassing. That's a disgrace. And you should be ashamed. Well, that's shameful for you, Stevie. I didn't ask for you to be my right-hand man or Ooh. my Robert Duvall or Brando. Ooh. He's Brando, you're Duvall. They should keep it in the family. Let me call Howard. What are you doing there for me? That's not right. I was trying to prevent the American public from being subjected to you having to walk around in public naked or with spandex. That's what Howard Stern wanted to do. I had to call him to put a stop to that. That's why I called him, to try to prevent you from having to be subjected to such humiliation. Mad I was dog. looking out for you. Mad dog. Mad dog. He never heard of Stern until that, <laughs> that book came out. <laughs> that little Mad dog. Mad dog ain't that book. That book's been the bane of Mad Dog existence since it came out. <laughs> All right. That was Hilarious. solid, Mad Dog. That's true. I did solid. call him, though. He's right. I did call him. I did solid. call him. Stephen A, that was really good. never tell anyone outside the family what you're thinking. Oh, my goodness, Again. man. He we'll did. leave it there. Oh. You did. He never you heard, heard Mad of Dog. before they Mad Dog said, keep it in the family. <laughs> All right. We'll leave it there, guys. Good stuff. Hey, I'm Molly Karam, and thanks so much for listening to the First Take Podcast. Have you ridden an electric bike yet? Well, you need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to more exploring time outside on their bikes. So they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range for up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. First take is hitting the road, y'all, and it's a homecoming. My man Shannon Sharp and your boy Stephen A. Smith in the house, headed to an HBCU on Monday, November 6th. First take will be live from Savannah State University as Shannon's alma mater will show us how the Tigers get down. Then on Tuesday, November 7th, remember that day, we're taking the show to my alma mater, Winston-Salem State University, where my Rams will be sure to represent, I can promise you that. So be sure to catch Molly, Shannon, and your boy, Stephen A., and special guest, of course, for First Take's HBCU Homecoming. Holla! Can't wait. That's going to be a great time. And how about this? Switching gears to the NFC is there's a huge showdown with the conference-leading Eagles hosting their bitter division rivals, the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas leads the all-time head-to-head regular season record with a 70-54 and record, but Philly has had more postseason success in recent years as Dallas hasn't made the conference championship in over 25 years. Jerry Jones, you know how important this matchup is? This is serious that we're dealing with up here, Sunday, man. <laughs> We've got to really have our game face on, and Philadelphia's a tough place to get your momentum going. 
All right, Doggy, would you be surprised if the Cowboys win at Philly? Yeah, I would. And number two, quickly, Mo, I, yeah. I think Jerry's got to stop with these interviews. On I, the, I mean, that was a, a, he sounded like 100 years old, for crying out loud. Please, as old as Stephen A. Enough with the spots on the Monday with the shows. Yes, they have to win the game. Yes, it's an important game. They need to show themselves that they can beat the Eagles on the road in a big spot. Lost at San Francisco. Never won in Philadelphia. Help Prescott. Put them in a situation, most importantly, to get the one seed. Because remember, if they beat the Eagles, they have the tiebreakers, they win the head-to-head. -head. And now that San Francisco's got three losses, the head-to-head -head may not apply. <laughs> they seem Wait to beat Philadelphia at home. They Say need to again. win the game. This is a very what big game said? for Prescott and the Cowboys. What Go you ahead. just said? Did you just bring up something about seeding? I know, I know damn well I, oh, you I didn't did. just bring something up about seeding. Week eight of the NFL season. He got you. Good job. Golly. Good job. He got Ain't, you that, Ain't that crazy? Mm -hmm. got you. That is crazy. Go ahead, Stephen A. Go ahead. Well, listen, I, just, I mean. I thought I heard that. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys win. They won't. They'll lose. Um, I'll be there, by the way, Swaggo. I'm going to the game. Uh, Philly's called. I shall be there. Last time you I will had, tell you this. I mean, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about it. That's my, that's my second home. We know what I've done in 17 years in Philadelphia. It speaks for itself. Here's the deal. At the end of the day, the Dallas Cowboys have the ability to win this game because the Eagles' defense has left something to be desired. Some of the games that they were, that's Molly's phone going off yet again, but that's okay. No, it, wasn't my, it wasn't my phone. It was someone just okay. ran. Don't, no, don't put me on camera. I, I gotcha. Don't even put gotcha. me on camera. I, I, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. No, it wasn't Here's mine. the deal, y'all. strangers. You know, when you look at the Eagles' defense, it hasn't been that impressive. They've been giving up too much yardage, too many points. Even when they won last week against the Commanders, they gave up 31 points. I mean, Sam Howell looked like the second coming to Joe Montana. I don't know what the hell was going on. So if you're Dak Prescott with the, with the level of play that C.D. Lamb has been putting forth, with the chemistry that you clearly have developed with him, with Brandon Cooks coming up the rear, still hasn't caught more than four passes in a game, but that chemistry between him and Dak Prescott seems to be growing as well. When you take all of those things into consideration and what Dak looks like when he has a lead in terms of his completion percentage of touchdowns compared to the interceptions, compared to when he's at a, a deficit, here's where this game comes down to, Swaggle. It really comes down to the Dallas Cowboys defense. Are you going to be able to neutralize Philadelphia with Hurts and that brother A.J. Brown, six straight games, over 125 receiving yards? Devontae Smith, nothing to sneeze at Dallas Goddard. Gainwell running out of the backfield with Swift. Are you going to be able to neutralize Philly's offense so the Dallas Cowboys can operate with a lead? When you don't put Dak Prescott behind the eight ball and he's not operating from a deficit, he's a completely different quarterback in a very, very positive way, especially on the road. At home, they managed to do a lot of great things. But the Dallas Cowboys have jumped out to big leads in most of their games, with the exception of beating the Chargers. Every game as they've won has been lopsided. I'm saying that if you're the Dallas Cowboys, it really comes down to Micah Parkins and Lawrence and the rest of the crew. Let me not forget this kid, De'Ron Bland, with three pick sixes this year, mm -hmm. which leads the NFL. If you can give Dak Prescott a lead early, he performs better. So I'm going to say... That defense, obviously, it's in their hands. Could they make it happen? Sure, but I doubt it. I 100% agree with you that it's in the defensive hands. Um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if Dallas beat Philly. Philly's not playing great right now. I thought last year the gap between Dallas and Philly was much bigger than it is this year, and it has a lot to do with Philly. Like, the teams that we've seen Dallas lose to this year in particular have been because of the run game. And we know Philly's offensive line is considered the best in the league, and we know that they should be able to run the ball at a high clip, even though they haven't been um, like we thought they would this season. So to be surprised, no. I think Dallas needs this game psychologically like we talked about with San Francisco. Stephen A., it goes back to what we talked about before the season started. Moments. This is another one of those seminal games for the Dallas Cowboys to continue to assert themselves and prove to themselves that they belong in this conversation about truly being able to go to an NFC championship or a Super Bowl. That is all that this is about. We know they're going to get another shot at Philly. We know that you got you, you to gotta start playing well as the season goes along against in-division in rivals. All of that stuff is to be understood. But if Dak Prescott and this offense and this Dallas Cowboys defense want to have that type of level of conversation within their building about a Super Bowl or NFC championship, this is one of those steps in that direction. I would not be surprised if they won it, but based on history, these are the games that they tend to lose. 100%. They need you. The key word there for me was psychological. Yes. The Cowboys need to show on the road they can win a big game. And before you knock me on the seating, remember, it's much more apropos to bring up seating, uh, Swagoo, when it's two divisional opponents. I got you. Yeah. Can, yeah, Kansas City and Miami, they're not division. So mm -hmm. if Dallas can beat Philly here, they get tied, and then they get Philly in their building. And if they ever won that game, they'd yeah. have a game-and-a-half lead because they win the tiebreaker. Only and that would make Dallas the one seed. So Mad there's dog, something there with that, too. Mad dog, only one, pro only one problem with that, doggy. Only one pro Hold on, Swagoo. It's only one problem with that, doggy. what you said. That's after you admitted he got you. So that soliloquy right there don't count. And they just lost to an in-division opponent. Yes, it does. Mad dog. And that was a good one. They too. just yeah. lost. They just lost. Mad dog. Philly's favored by three. That's called a pick em. Call Fat Rob and decide what you're going to do. <laughs> Brought to you by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day, and you can use those miles on any travel purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. These are the notable trades that happened in the last 48 hours. The Commanders cut ties with their most productive pass rusher this season, Chase Young, by trading him to the Niners. That came after they traded fellow defensive end Montez Sweat to the Bears earlier that day. Stephen A. Smith, what was the most significant deadline move in the last 48 hours? Well, I certainly think that you have to look at Chase Young and Landon in San Francisco, assuming he can stay on the field and be healthy because he's missed 23 games over the last three years. Uh, that's definitely going to elevate their pass rush. But I'm not sleeping on people's Jones heading back to Detroit. He's, he played at Michigan. He's from the area. And being a part of the Detroit Lions with an additional weapon to be utilized by Jared Goff, I think is a plus. Considering Detroit is on the come up, I think that's what you have to pay attention to. That's the one thing that jumped out of my mind. It's on me? Yeah. Stephen Leonard Williams. Yeah, Leonard Williams to me. 
Uh, go ahead, Swaggle. You first. Go ahead. I apologize. I, I love that you brought Peoples Jones into this conversation. Built the right way. I was talking to Brad Holmes, the general manager for the Detroit Lions, uh, when we were there Monday night. He's their type of guy. But, but Chase Young is the most significant because San Francisco identified they had an issue. We had questions about this defense for the first time in four years. And they I think they've made a move to help solidify not being able to get after the passer like they've been able to do. And this is what good teams do that want to try to win Super Bowls. They identify an issue. They go out and make a big move. They continue to get better. So Chase Young, for me, is the most significant because he's going to help them in where they lacking right now um, and we hadn't said that about the 49ers in a minute. 100% defensive lineman. How about Leonard Williams going from the Giants who sell off? They sent Williams as uh, yeah. making a fortune. He's going to be a free agent. They go him yeah. to Seattle. And Seattle needed another defensive lineman. As Stevie said in our 4.30 a.m., he was awake. I was shocked. In our 4.30 a.m. conference call today, local time, he said Seattle's a sneaky team. It can make a lot of noise in the NFC, maybe even win that division. They're a game ahead of the Niners right now. And I think Seattle, that's got a schedule that they can handle. They should win no worse than 10 games. Yeah. Adding him, and he's happy about it, I think that's a huge plus. Underrated. Leonard Williams for the Seahawks for me. Hey, dog, what's the plan tonight for the game? Uh, plan tonight. Now, remember, I have to do – here's something interesting. And Stephen A. called a couple days ago. I give him credit. Remember, Swagoo, Molly, I am doing the radio show in the stands, essentially, oh. in the center field bleachers. So the Diamondbacks got wow. back at me. No booth behind home plate. Center field bleachers, so I'm out in the open. So today could be very, very tricky. A, they're cranky. Mm -hmm. They're one and three. B, I wrote them off again because you guys plopped me to do it. So I have to deal with their <laughs> rancor in four or five hours. That's the problem. I, I need ahead. everyone to be nice to my friend, Christopher. Yeah, y'all be nice and they Y'all be nice you, to you him. You have security. Send Juvid out there. Where, uh, the, you know, where are the D-back jersey <laughs> and bring security, Mad Dog. But everyone, be nice to our guy. Get my job right? out there. You look out. Mad Dog, I missed you this week. Are you going to be back in studio next Bobby. week? Yeah, Bobby. <laughs> yes, Molly, just for you. I'll be there.